giving tradies and contractors around the globe the tools to run a modern business. You're listening to Toolbox Talks from the Site Shed. Now here's your host, Matt Jones. Hello and welcome back to Toolbox Talks. And in today's episode, we are going to make a very non-sexy topic sexy uh, with the lovely Michaela from the Tradies Business Show. Um, she's joining us on the microphone today because um, I actually have no idea when it comes to uh, politics. However, I know Michaela does, and I've asked her to come on the show as we have an upcoming election this Saturday, the 2nd of July uh, in, the, in Australia. It's a federal election, and um, I've just asked her to come on the show to shed a bit of light on, I suppose, a bit of an overview as to what the election is and maybe a little bit about... Um, some of the policies that are being put forward and how they may affect small business. So, Michaela, thank you very much for joining me on the show again. What do you mean politics isn't sexy? Yeah, no, you're right. It's pretty hot. Yeah, I mean, this is the, the greatest day every three years in the federal <laughs> election. Like, how can you not be excited? <laughs> okay, you know, so- I've already bagged the TV all day. My husband's going out and saying, don't even talk to me. It's like the footy grand final. <laughs> they don't even talk to me. For a political nerd like me, this is the grand final, the Super Bowl every three years. Good Lord. So I just, you know, you know, when you have some, sometimes when you have friends and you just think, oh, good grief, what the hell is going through their head? This is one of those moments. Anyway. Oh, yeah, for sure. Whatever does it for you. I'm I'm sure, I'm sure Woz is on my side here. (laughs) Well, you know, I was really excited this year because we actually have (laughs) um, a US election, which I watch just as badly, and an Australian election. So this is like a double whammy year. Good grief. It doesn't come around very often. It's like Nirvana. It is, yes. And yeah, just, it's got, it has its own election channel even, so that's just on in my office all day. And I, so, I suppose the, um, the, the, the cream on top of the cake would have been the, the uh, England leaving the, uh, the Euro. Oh, how good was the weekend? I got to watch <laughs> that on CNN all weekend. <laughs> I know, it's really sad. I know, I just can't help. And then Saturday night I actually went and um, to a you know, people's forum where they asked the candidates a question and Bill Shorten was in town. So I was like, oh, my God, I get to actually go into the audience and ask some questions. Except they didn't pick me. Oh, you didn't why. get to ask one? Oh. No, I was, you know, really disappointed. But, hey, you know, that's how I spent my Saturday night. I was all excited. No, joke's on him. I'm sure he's a huge listener of your show anyway. <laughs> of course. <laughs> all right. Well, look, thank you for coming on the show. Um, as, as I have alluded to, I'm not very um, – I don't know a lot about politics, and I, I suppose there are a lot of listeners out there that probably don't as well. I, I don't know why. Maybe coming from a trade background, I just got so so disillusioned with the whole, you know, people saying they're going to do something and not doing it. But I just sort of turned to, I decided to switch off after a, after a certain point. But I know it's important, and um, and I know that you are very well educated in this area. So um, I suppose if you don't mind, we'd I'd like to pick your brain a bit on you know some of the on this upcoming election and maybe for some of our overseas listeners obviously we've got a lot of people in the in the states that listen to to this podcast and um maybe you can help us shed a bit of light on some comparisons between our political parties and theirs yeah sure i'd love to like have we got all day to record on this stuff i'm hoping you know no, so get to it <laughs> And I mean, it is really sad for me that someone loves the process and I'm not politically aligned either side. I just love the process and the the strategy, which is probably even more nerdy. So, you know, what I get really disheartened is I hear so many people saying, oh, you know, I just don't care anymore. They're all liars and things like that. And yeah, they have done that to themselves, but it's so important we have a say. And I'm, you know, very much 
have a say. And it doesn't matter who you're going to have a say for, but have a, a genuine reason why you're doing that. It could be a donkey vote or whatever, but you know, at least don't win if you have had a say. This is one thing that I've battled with over the years. Like you're saying, go and have a say, even if it's a donkey vote. Now, I've always kind of had the opinion that I've never really known enough about politics to if I go forth and and I do vote which I do all the time uh, in case anyone's listening I always struggle with going through going forward and putting in a donkey vote on the on the fact that I don't understand what I'm actually voting for how do you tackle that I mean this is one of the reasons I suppose I want to have you on the show so maybe you can shed a bit of light on you know who I, who I may want to be voting for you know what, what's the point in going through and putting in a in a vote that you don't really know what what it's counting towards yeah, what surprise, and for our overseas listeners, you know, in Australia, it's actually compulsory to vote. So you need to vote or it's a $100 fine. So uh, a lot of people, you know, hate that, that they have to do it. So when they do it, they just, you know, don't do it correctly so that the vote's not actually counted. And I recently was on a polling booth on a local election day, and I was shocked at how many people were coming to vote that had no idea walking what they were voting for. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, this is so interesting. You know, at least half the people walking in there don't know what they're doing. They're just doing it because they know they have to. Yep. And, you know, I think that, you know, I kind of take it and think, well, I go and look at what they're standing for, but I listen and read to it anyway. So, so for people that aren't interested, I think it's our our politician's job to be able to communicate to them, you know, better so that they're understanding what the policies are and perhaps try and use mediums and things like that that they're, yeah. that they're hanging on now, you know? Yeah. Uh, so it, it is hard. I think, you know, there is a little bit of responsibility that people should try and get a little bit of an understanding because, you know, you do have to do it, so let's make it count mm-hmm. and, and try and, and whether that's maybe catching the news at night and actually not sleeping during that the segment and actually, you know, hearing what's going on um, and just trying, I guess, have a little bit of um, time to, to have a listen and see what appeals to you the most. Yep. Um, don't always believe what you hear over a beer in the pub, but I know you're not going to go scrolling the, the candidates' websites all night either. No, that's right. So, okay, just for the listeners, before we get too far into this, let's draw a bit of a comparison between, say, uh, our Liberal Party and our Labor Party and, you know, maybe the um, American system, the Democratics and the um, Conservatives and et cetera. How, do, what, how does that all, what, how does that line yeah. up? Yeah, so look, there is some similarities. I guess um, for us, uh, we have two major parties, which is the, the Liberal um, Party, which has a coalition with the National Party, so the LNP, and then we have the Labor Party. So the LNP has always sort of been about business, and the, the higher end of town, I guess. That's the, and the Labor liberal. Party. That's the Liberal, yeah. That's the Liberal? Yeah. Yeah. So that's a little bit like Republic um, okay. in the US. Not exactly, but that's sort of the closest kind of thing. And then Labor's very much the working class. It's come from um, unions, and it's all about the people and helping out the, the little guy, I yep. guess, is how you would. Um, refer to it. So generally speaking, Liberals, you know, more about business and Labor's more about the working class. And, um, okay. you know, Labor's often been pretty big in um, the building construction industry with unions and things like that. Yeah. So again, it's sort of, that's very generalised, but that's kind of how you can do, differentiate the two. Now, this is a federal election. So what does a federal election actually mean, I suppose, in comparison to a state election? Yeah, so a state election is 
um, based on voting in a party that um, will have the premier of that particular state. And states often, you know, they look after different things in our community as opposed to federal governments do. So this election we're looking at, you vote for someone, in a candidate in your local area, but you're also bringing in that party to be the prime minister and head the country up. And, you know, we've had... Um, I think it's uh, five different prime ministers in the last six years, which is just unheard of um, because we've had a lot of leadership changes and challenges and stuff like that. I mean, very exciting for people like me. <laughs> but, however, it does create this, you know, unstable uncertainty around um, the government. So right. it's uh, you're voting for someone in your local area and whoever gets the majority of, of seats, they will then... Um, form the government and then have the prime minister. So basically what we're talking about is, you know, I'm, I'm on the northern beaches of Sydney and our local, I think, electorate is, I think it's Tony Abbott still. Right. Okay. Well, your, well yours is actually quite an interesting one. Yeah. Because the um, James Matheson, the guy has stood up and said, you know, I can beat Tony Abbott, who, who's an independent, and he's a guy that's been on, on TV and the reporter um, and stuff, and he's going, you know, no one's really standing up for the issue. So he's standing up to, to run against Tony Abbott. And for those that don't know, Tony Abbott was an ex-Prime Minister that did get um, basically booted by the current Prime Minister now. <laughs> So it'll be interesting to see what happens in his seat. So it's actually a really interesting seat, your one. Yeah. And so if, uh, effectively, so when, we're, when we are voting in this federal election, even though we're voting for somebody representing a local seat, that vote will then tally up on behalf of the party. Is that basically what we're saying? Yes. Okay. So you vote for a local member mm -hmm. and then um, whatever party has the most electorates won, so yeah. then they, that becomes a seat. Yeah. So whoever has the majority of seats will form government and then you're voting for that party and their leader. So unlike the US where you're voting for the person, yeah. in Australia you actually vote for the party and they have an allocated leader, okay. um, which for us is uh, the Prime Minister is uh, Malcolm Turnbull and on the Labor side is Bill Shorten. So even though and, – and so you could vote for Labor in your local area, but you could still get – Malcolm Turnbull as your Prime Minister. It just goes how many seats they get as majority. Okay. So tell me, um, when we're talking, okay, let's, so we have to vote this Saturday, we have to go and vote. And I, I suppose realistically, when we go to vote, are we, we're voting on what we believe are the best policies. Is that right? Well, yes, you should yeah. um, vote on, on what the policies are because really that's what, you know, yeah. It's going to be the outcome, hopefully. And a lot of people do vote on the person, not the leader. But really, you've got to look at what policies are in your local area that may affect you, mm -hmm. uh, as well as federal policies that will elect you, for example. So in the seat I'm in, uh, a big hot issue is um, unemployment and also things like social issues, as well as the NBN. We have really bad internet in our area. Mm -hmm. So for us, a federal issue is the NBN. So you've got to look at what's sort of affecting you locally, but then what are the major policies that they're announcing that could affect you as well? Yeah, because I suppose like when you look at it, I mean, yeah, NBN is important because it's going to affect you. But on the, on the grand scheme of things, it's pretty irrelevant to the rest of the country or the well-being of the country. Like how do you differentiate between, you know, you voting selfishly for something that you want, you want yourself as opposed to something that's going to benefit, you know, the, the good of the country? Well, I think you need to vote what you think will be the best for your local area, really, because that's kind of what it comes down to, right. as well as it's kind of a balancing act, you know. I think the NBN is a really important issue both locally and nationally. So for me, you know, that's a critical issue. Yeah. 
But I think generally at a federal thing, we do need to really look at the bigger picture because it's the federal government that, that makes all the economic and social policies. So it really is important to try and get that balance between what you know, your local issues and, yeah. the, and those national issues as well. But because it's federal, most of the issues are national. It's different to your local state or local government where it's very, very localised. Yeah. But you do really need to look at what you think will be generally best for the nation. So I didn't mean to have a stab at you then with that NBN example. I, I just, so I was thinking more, you know, say, for example, you live in an area that does have NBN and however there are areas that don't have NBN, am I still going to be, you know, w- would you still be voting for somebody that wants to put MBN forward across the country, even though you have it? Well, I mean, there could be other issues, local issues in your area that are more important that may sway your vote the other way. Right. Um, but you you do need to think as a whole. So this area would be, say, more NBN focused than someone that's living in Sydney. Their issues will be different, and you'll find that their candidates will talk about different issues. Yeah. So you do need to want to, I guess, have a local interest in, in things that affect you. If there's nothing particularly local that's a big issue, uh, then it's definitely looking at what do you think overall is the best for the nation to move forward. Okay. So when we're talking about policies and I suppose, you know, what these parties are uh, claiming to represent, where can we go to get information about that? Like how can we research this stuff? Is there, are there websites? Yeah, sure. So each party has, um, so every candidate has their own website and all, and both their parties have their own website. But a lot of them this year are doing a lot on Facebook. So they're definitely using social media a lot more and they're doing things like Facebook Live and all that kind of stuff. So more and more we're seeing this 24-hour access to them and seeing them out and about more. And there's more opportunity to have a look and see um, at a time that suits you what they're doing. So, I, you know, have a look at Facebook. There's a lot of video going around. Search for the leaders or your local candidates. Okay. A lot of local candidates do have local events where you can go and ask questions or a lot of the time you can just ring them up and ask them, you know, but there's a lot of information online. Is there somewhere that has, I suppose, like, is there a neutral website where you can go to get information about what the, the, about all the different parties are involved and what they represent? So you can sort of get an overview just you know, on this in the same space, or do you have to go and? I mean, realistically, I'm not going to go to Facebook, go to all the different, um, all the different candidates in my area's Facebook pages and look and look at all their Facebook Live things. <laughs> I'm not going to why? do that. Why? I, why? What do you well, say? Well, because I, you know, I'm, I've got a business. Um, <laughs> life, uh, surf pumping. I can't um, understand it, Matt. Yeah. Yeah, and I know it's an unrealistic expectation, but you know, if you do want to know what's going on. I guess you've got to take a bit of an interest and look for this information. Unfortunately, no, there is no, you know, like a, a comparison of health insurance sites. Right. There's yeah. no real, you know, look at what parties do. There's a lot of media sites, but they're all, a lot of them are opinions and things like that as well. So mm. it is a bit harder to compare them side by side. Uh, and it also depends on who's doing the narrative. You know, they may have a spin on it a certain way as well. So it's not, it is hard. It is, it's really tough to understand what's going on when you're busy and you've got a family and every, and, and businesses and clients are trying to put time aside for this stuff. But, you know, it, it does matter a little bit. Okay. So like to give a bit of an overview, um, and, I, and I don't know how much we, we can go into this, but if we're talking about the Liberal Party, you know what are some of the the key policies that that they represent, and why would why would myself or you know a lot of listeners out there as small business owners why would they be interested in um, in voting for Liberal Party? Yes, yeah, so the main um, 
seen that the Liberal Party's come out with is this whole that they have a strong economic plan and that's been their one key message that they've had the whole time. So their big um, election promise has been to cut the company tax rate which they hope will boost productivity and investment and help stimulate the economy um, into the future. So their big thing is for businesses, you know, um, under well, it goes right up to even the big banks, but in the immediate short term will be businesses, um, $2 million revenue and under will start to get company tax rates in the next few years. Okay. So that's kind of been their side of it. And I know a lot of our listeners would be um, would have you know companies set up and this would impact them. So that's sort of their main message that they've had that they're hoping you know over the next um, ten years these company tax rates will come down uh, and more investment and productivity will happen because of it and more tax revenue generated in the long term, which will help get us out of our budget deficit that we're currently in. Okay, but is okay now on the budget deficit. Is it is the budget deficit a negative thing because you read a lot of things you know, on online forums saying that we actually depend on the deficit? Well, it depends which, you know, there's two common theories. The deficit means that, you know, if we don't get it under control, our our children and grandchildren will have less and less services because more money is getting taken up in this definite and, and, and paying back interest. So we pay $40 million a day in interest Jesus. on our current budget deficit. So as Alan Jones says, you know, that's one school every eight hours wow. that we're paying back in interest. So we do need that budget deficit sometimes there, but we ideally we want to be able to have a surplus so that we have reserves so that if there is a recession or we need extra services in a particular area, that there's money in the bank account to pay for it. You know, so obviously like most um, people, they don't want to be putting their money into interest repayments, and that's sort of what's currently happening. So the big difference here is both the parties have said in 10 years they'll get their budget back to surplus. Oh, wow. Um, both have said that, yeah. And surplus means basically break even. Yes. And they yes. both, both parties have said that. To get to it. Yeah. The big difference is that, that – so they're both going to come back to surplus at the same time. The Labor Party is saying we're actually going to go into deficit more in the short term, but we'll get back to surplus in the long term because we need to spend money in health and education. And so we need to spend a bit more to help bring us back to surplus. Okay. Where the Liberal Party is saying, no, no, we need to rein back spending a little bit and get the deficit down as quick as possible. So they're the two, that's probably the major difference in the two parties this year. So Labor saying we're going to spend more money in the short term, but we'll meet it at the same time that the other party's going to. And, and the Liberal Party is using this this tax company cut, which will look at $50 billion. Uh, it's going to cost them in the next 10 years to do that company tax cut. Wow, okay. So um, how would that affect the example we used before, say, with the um, the NBN, which for – sorry, I didn't clarify earlier for the listeners. NBN stands for National Broadband Network, <clears throat> which is basically high-speed internet. Is that right? Yes. And it's a big issue in Australia because we used to be ranked 30th in the world – and then there's a change of government, and now we're at 61st in the world for the fastest internet. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty bad. Okay. <laughs> so, I mean, to be 61st in the world uh, in our internet speed is so it's a big issue because uh, we're such a big rural land. We really need good internet to be able to move forward. I tell you, I think that this connectivity in general uh, in Australia is so substandard. I mean, 
I mean, I, I don't know about yourself, but my, my cellular phone network is with Telstra <clears throat> and they claim to have 96% coverage of Australia or something. But I tell you, I've been to, I've been to that 4% over and over again and it's a big 4%. <laughs> I was, <laughs> I mean, you can go in the next suburb next to me in Kirkhill and there's a 4% there as well. So, I mean, it's, it's crazy. Yeah, and I, look, I know I, I live 10 minutes out of town and for two minutes of so that 10 minutes, I don't have any reception. Right, on your phone? Yeah. <laughs> so I, I have a two-minute black spot. <laughs> so, uh, And you know what? My internet's so bad at night that I can't basically do any online meetings or watch any live streaming at night. After three o'clock in the afternoon, wow. I basically have dial-up speed. So for me, it's a big issue. Yeah. But that's where I live, where somewhere, um, like you said, but in Sydney, you know, it's not a big issue. Yeah. I mean, I'm still crazy mad about how slow my internet speed is, and it's not so bad in retrospect. (laughs) 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 Okay. Well, that's interesting. Yeah. So on the other side, the Labor Party is coming out and saying, we will give those company tax cuts as well, but we're only going to do it for businesses up to $2 million in revenue. So that's a yep. bit of a difference that Liberals are saying they're going to do it for everyone. Labor's going, well, look, we're going to, we're going to target it to small people, uh, small business and not your big multinational companies. So that's one um, difference. Yep. Labor's also saying um, that they've got some policies out where they're going to put more apprentices and try and address the skills shortage in the trade industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're saying for things like federally funded projects that they're going to look at having, you know, a apprentice, one in every 10 has to be an apprentice on a okay. job site. Yeah, so they're looking at um, and looking at providing more funding to TAFEs, for skilled training rather than private colleges and things like that. Okay. And yeah, so there is a little bit of difference um, when it comes to maybe some issues that affect our listeners more than others. They really are trying to address some of these, these skill shortages that we're having and, and try and focus on apprenticeships and trade colleges as well. And I mean, this is a big uh, issue, that, isn't it? I mean, the, when we're talking about the amount of money that's funding that's been pulled out of apprenticeships and, and training has been pretty substantial over the years. I mean, to be honest, now that you say that, I'm kind of torn between the two. I mean, yeah, obviously, as a business owner, the idea of paying less tax is pretty appealing. However, when I'm looking at the, you know, the foresight for the country, <laughs> we need we need skilled yeah, labour out there. That's it. And I mean, I know for our industry, it has been really tough. And looking at, you know, you, you're seeing um, workers from overseas coming in, which they're, they're, that when they refer to these four, five, seven visa workers. Mm-hmm. And so Labor's trying to crack down on, on businesses um, exposing that system. But I think, you know, there has been some issues regarding, particularly around training and these registered training um, organisations over the last few years and, and the funding that they get, which is just incredible amount of funding that's coming from the government for these these businesses. And, and Labor, for example, is looking at trying to put that more back into TAFE and government-run programs to address these issues and be a bit more strategic about it. I mean, so many businesses we talk to in this trade industry, one of their biggest things is getting skilled workers, oh, yeah. subcontractors and all that kind of stuff. It's such a big issue. So, you know, there is still going to be a, a tax cut up to $2 million in revenue if, that, if that's your business size. But then the other money, instead of giving it to every business, they're investing that money back into things like they're putting more into education and putting more into health and then these skilled training initiatives as well. Because I know, um, I mean, even from when I was 
doing my apprenticeship, I mean, the, the course was considerably longer at TAFE. So TAFE is, for the listeners that aren't familiar, is our equivalent of, say, college or technical college in the United States or the UK. That's where you go to do your training to become a, a, a certified tradesman. And I know when I was at, when I was at TAFE studying plumbing, um, the course was considerably longer than it is now. And that's, that's due to tax cuts. Basically, tax cuts have, have reduced the length of those courses, which I suppose at the end of the day means that you've got more people that are qualified as tradespeople without the same amount of experience and skill in the marketplace. Yeah, and I mean, there was a lot of investment put into private training organisations over the past few years to help deal with this skill shortage. And there's differing opinions on this, but there's definitely been some easing of qualifications and, um, you know, getting your certificates and things like that in in all sorts of different areas where it was very much, you know, the training organisation is going to get paid if you pass. So it's really just a, a tick and flip kind of system. And so, you know, there has been these issues around these these workers coming out and are they technically as skilled as what they used to be when they got trained? And, mm. um, you know, a lot of people are finding they're not. So putting the focus and money back into TAFE and making better qualified skilled workforce is going to have greater productivity and returns for the nation long term. That's the, the economic theory. What's the um, scenario where, okay, so in Australia, as we've already discussed, we have, you know, the Liberal Party and the Labor Party who are the main contenders. What's the scenario where, you know, you've got, I won't call them outsiders, but parties, you know, like the Greens who are also, you can also vote for. However, if you do vote for them, then they typically are aligned with another party. Yeah, so this is where it gets really exciting. So if I'm excited. you have, <laughs> so uh, it actually causes a bit of chaos. But you know, if one government doesn't get the majority of seats, then the the independents or people that aren't necessarily aligned to a party or the Greens hold the balance of power, and that's what happened a couple of years ago mm. with the, when Julie Gillard, Julie Gillard got into power. I mean, there were three people that decided who was going to lead the government of the day. Because they had the deciding balance of power vote, so um, which I mean, is that is that a ridiculous scenario, really? Yes, it is, isn't it? I mean, it that... is because yeah, and people, what people are doing are, oh, look, we don't want to vote for either party; we're just going to vote for this independent. And so, more and more, these independents and minor parties like the Greens are actually getting more power, right? You know, and, and that's not necessarily a good thing. I think we really need a government. You know, whoever comes in, that the population has said, yes, the majority of us think you're going to do a better job <clears throat> and you're right for us right now. So when you have independents, like, you know, three and four independents doing deals with both parties to get them into government, I don't think that's often the best interest for the country either. Mm. So, you know, by by going to the minor, doing the minor votes, and protest votes, as they're called, isn't always the best option. Right. You know, it can actually cause more chaos and, and more deals being done. And, you know, for example, when the Gillard government came in, the three candidates were very much country regional focused independents. Mm -hmm. So more money ended up going to regional areas because of the deals they did to help them get into government. And that can be a good or bad thing. But it was more that, you know, things had to change. You know, they had to do deals in what they said with before the election changed after the election to get them into government and things like that. So, yeah, that, that's when it gets really interesting. So for stability, we really want either major party to get in with, with a majority rather than a, a minority. Right. 
Yeah, okay. Because, I mean, there's a lot of people out there with with that mentality. Well, I don't know who I'm going to vote for, so I'm just going to vote for the Greens. But then I suppose what a lot of them don't realise is if you vote for the Greens, it's a, it's a vote for the, for the Labor Party, really, isn't it? That's right, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, the Greens and the Labor um, have in the past um, sort of joined together because they're, even though their policies are different, they're more aligned than the Greens going with the Liberals. Yeah. So, um, and usually your independents are swayed either way as well. Um, often it's the case as well. But, yeah, okay. you know, I think it's important where possible to try and make an informed choice or pick an issue that you think is particularly important to you uh, and see who has the best policy um, in that area. Okay. We won't even talk about the Senate, but no. <laughs> that's a whole other story because you do have to vote for the Senate as well. Isn't that what we've election. been talking about? <laughs> you mean like no, a, no. You mean Star it's Wars, the lower right? house. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Um, Let's yeah, just okay. get the lower house right first. <laughs> yeah, okay. Upper house, lower house. Sounds like a card game, really. Yeah. All right. Well, look, so are you great. up to speed now? Do you think you, you can make a vote? Yeah, absolutely. I'm definitely looking forward to uh, to getting down there. And uh, no, I'm not. I'm lying. Uh, I'm, I'm still I'm still stuck. <laughs> well, the good thing is that a lot of these have great um, sausage sizzles and um, <laughs> oh, yeah, great. you know food stalls. So okay. you know you can always get something good to eat on your way in. <laughs> Look, yeah, if, if 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 nothing else, voting is great for getting a free sausage sandwich. Excellent. Oh well, it's not free anyway. You got to pay, but you are supporting your local school because the government's not giving you enough money. Oh, okay. See? Oh, okay, great. Ser- <laughs> serendipities, serendipities. Make sure you vote. Yeah. Okay. That's my message to the the people out there. Well, I suppose my message would be go and find out what your what your um local candidates represent and find something that that you want to vote for instead of just throwing yeah. in a dummy vote or a donkey vote or whatever it was called. And you know what? If I've made one person go and review their local area and see what issues matter to them and they've made a better informed vote, then it's well worth it. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more. It's um, and, and you know what? It's been worth it because that's what I'm going to go to. So there you go. I may be, <laughs> I may be the one person. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. But at least it's an informed vote. <laughs> exactly. Well, look, Michaela, thank you very much for your time. Thanks for shedding light on a topic that I certainly had no idea about. I'm sure a lot of the listeners out there don't know about. And um, thanks for that sound advice in going and researching what your what your local candidate represents and trying to find something that you know you you would want to vote for. It's a complicated world of politics. Who would have thought, eh? I know, but it's exciting. Yeah, can't I, wait for Saturday. Two, you know, a couple more sleeps. So when do they actually? Does the election actually happen on Saturday? Like, do all, when do they when do they announce who you know what the results are? Well. Obviously, going to process everything. From 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. on Saturday. Yep. You can pre-poll if you can't make it on the day. Someone like me that gets so excited, they just in case for whatever reason they forgot, I pre-poll so that I don't forget. And I've definitely made my vote count. But um, again, yeah, the nerd in me. But the, all polling booths close at 6 o'clock and yep. instantly all the votes are manually counted from them. So depending on how close it is, um, yep. you should have a you should know who won that night. So when you say so you probably pre-poll, probably by 10 or 11 o'clock. You've already put your vote in? Yes. Oh. So you can go to a pre-poll. So if you if you want to avoid the crowds and don't want to do it Saturday, mm-hmm. um, there's a heap of pre-poll locations around your area yep. and you can go and actually do it before Saturday. That's very good advice. I might go do that today. Yes. <laughs> 
do that and after so research, you don't have any crowds. Yeah. Okay. Of course, after you research. And there's no crowds then. So you know, there's no excuse that you, you can't have time to vote. No, I mean I'm why they don't online voting, I'll never know. It is still such a manual process that every vote is manually counted, but let's not get there today. I was just about <laughs> to say, when are they going to introduce technology into this process? Uh, it's, you know, I've been a scrutineer and watched them count, and it's ridiculous. It is so slow. But so Saturday night, I reckon between nine and ten, we should have a result, unless it's pretty close, and then we won't know perhaps for a couple of days. And then that result may be either the current prime minister is staying, or there's a new prime minister with a new party. That's right. Okay. Yeah. So the polls are kind of fifty-fifty, but because Labor has to make up so many seats because it lost in the last election. It has to actually get back 21 seats. Um, It's highly likely that the Liberal Party will win. Okay. Is that right? Yes, yes. Mm. So even though it's about a 50-50 at the moment, Labor has to win um, the really tight seats and and a lot of them to actually get back their losses from the last election. So it's it's probably looking more like we will have um, Malcolm as uh, Prime Minister again. And I suppose one question that I would like to ask you in closing is, can you see this uh, election as a way for Australia to regain its title as the laughing political joke of the world? <laughs> Look, if, if, if Bill Shorten comes in, I think that it will be the sixth Prime Minister in seven years, and that is a joke, really. And you reckon, is it not? Okay. Well, I don't know. Is, is, is that a game winner? I mean, I don't know. The, I, I suppose it won't. I don't know. It may not last for too long, depending on what happens in the in the United States. So we'll see. Yeah, and you know, is it stability? Is that what people want? Who knows? So it, uh, you know, get your beers ready and, and get in for a good Saturday night. <laughs> coverage starts from about six o'clock, everyone. All right, thank you, Michaela. <laughs> no worries. That's awesome. You've been listening to The Tradies Business Show with Warwick Bidwell and Michaela Clark. Want to get off the tools into true business ownership? Find out how at tradiesbusinessshow.com.